Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Okay, it is 12.34 at Edmonton, though if you look outside, it does not feel like it's 12.34. In the afternoon, it feels like it's uh, midnight and change because this is the eeriest, eeriest looking scene that we've had here in a long time and certainly uh, thoughts and, and prayers going out to those affected and displaced by the wildfire up in northern Alberta. Uh, guests on Oilers now receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Ruth's Chris, it is the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers now sent you. Now, I know our next guest is probably quite a big fan of a big old slab of steak, as most of us are. Louis DeBrusque, our regular Thursday contributor, joins the show. Louis, how's it going this week? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Yes, I do like a, a big steak, that's for sure. Alberta beef can't beat it. <laughs> you got that right, Louis. Um, so, uh, have you had a chance to actually take in some of these the Stanley Cup final in Boston in person? Yep, both of them. I've been... Uh, I was at game one and two, round three, and the first two games of the final year, I was there for the last two days in Boston. So I got to take in both the games, and crazy atmosphere, stressful, I'll admit, but uh, just an amazing atmosphere to see the intensity of the games in a final, and uh, you know, two teams that are battling pretty hard, that's for sure. A real physical, hard series already in two games. There's been some casualties, and kind of exactly what we expected going into the, into the final, how it was going to pan out but yeah no i've been able to take in a couple and it's been great i'm now in buffalo at the combine for a few days here visiting with some of the young prospects going through the the ropes here at the combine which uh, is always exciting to see the young up-and-comers and guys that are prospects going into the draft and um yeah that's what i'm doing the next few days so this is all stuff that jake would have gone through uh not yeah. so long ago of course and uh yeah no it's yeah exactly yeah you know and he, you know i got to you know, pick his brain a little bit about it, about the process for the players. And, you know, it can be stressful for them. I think 
now more than ever, these players are prepared for this. You know, they come in here and they know kind of what to expect, but you never really do until you're sitting in front of a bunch of people that are grilling you with questions. And it can be pretty stressful, and there can be some pointed questions to these young players about their game and, and make them have to really reflect on their own game and answer some, some hard ones. But, you know, I think it's a good process. It's, an all, it's all about teams getting an opportunity to, to get some more information on players that they're going to make a huge investment in and taking a pick on. So, um, you know, any, any, any more information that you can get as an organization or a young player before you make those picks and, and help you make that final decision, I think is great. And for us, it gives us a heads up on, on the kids and their personality comes out a little bit once they relax a little bit, which I always find funny. Can you maybe walk myself and the listeners through what exactly the process is like over the course of the few days that they're there for the combine? So they're, they're getting one-on-one interviews with the teams. Are they also doing physical workouts and stuff like that as well? Yeah, they are. They come in and they they come in and they'll meet with respective teams. And every every player is different. They can have anywhere from you know five meetings with teams, twenty, thirty-one. They can meet with all of them, um, depending on what type of a prospect you are. Or, you know, what teams feel they might be interested in taking you in the first few rounds. So, um, you know, they'll go into rooms and they'll sit and they'll be asked questions from sometimes a couple of people that will be in that room and other times there'll be as many as 10, 12 people in that room. So it all depends on the organization and how they set up their, their interview process. But, you know, they're trying to get a feel. Sometimes they try and stump the players. Sometimes they try and, you know, give them a little bit of a curveball, ask them a tough question, ask them a riddle. Um, you know, it's it's all about just trying to find out, you know, what makes that that kid tick and, and and what the process is going through their mind at this point in time. And then after the interviews with them, we get a select few kids that will come in with us with uh, with Sportsnet, and we'll, you know, we'll go through some questions with them of our own. We'll tape pre-tape some stuff for for our coverage of the draft. When they do get drafted, we'll have some stuff in the can that we can go to and use, and then. After that, when the camera's off, we'll just kind of ask them a few questions. We're probably a lot more lighthearted than, than the teams ask, and we're more talking about um, things they do away from the game, things they do for training, family members, and you know how they got to this point in their life. We're we're about the backstory going in, so we have some information about these players. And then after the interview processes are done, they do the physical activity, and they'll, they'll go through a number of you know physical drills that they do. To measure standing long jump vertical wind gate test on the bike they'll do a vo2 max test as well um, some stretching exercises and they'll really get poked and prodded for a couple of days and 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 just to see where they are at physically right now at this stage and i don't necessarily think that it can um it, it can hurt some of the prospects i think if you were to come in here and not have a great test but at the same time it's just another gauge to get to see where a player is right now and maybe areas that they can work on where they can get better and then if somebody was to come in here and really blow away this combine i think that uh, you know with excellent scores that could certainly bolster a team's um decision to pick someone earlier on so it's you know it's an important part of the process for these players they they're excited to be here they get to be around players that are in the same situation as them they mix and mingle for a week they get to hang out get to tell stories and get to meet a lot of people and it's a busy, busy time for them, though, and 
Um, already a couple of the kids have said it's kind of been not a grind, but it's just been real busy and they're, they're on their toes all day. So we're chatting with Louis DeBrusque right now. And Louis, when you watch how the NFL does things, I mean, the draft combine there can certainly boost. I mean, we're talking a couple rounds worth of draft stock in some cases, but for the NHL's equivalent, this is more about finding the character. And I think to me, that's a lot because these players are much younger than they would be going into the NFL. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think it is. And, you know, when you look at it, too, the, for football, they're doing some actual skills. They're doing things that will, really, you know, parlay right into the game that they're playing. This is all off-ice stuff. So, listen, I mean, you know, Sam Bennett didn't do a pull-up, but did that make him any less of a hockey player? You know, he had a sore shoulder. He didn't tell anybody he's a tough kid. He had pride, you know, which also tells you something about the player. So, I mean, I... I Listen, I don't put a ton of stock in the physical testing. I put more stock in the interviews, I think. I really think nowadays, you know, getting to know the individual, how competitive they are, um, what they're thinking about, what they think about their game, can they reflect, are they willing to get better, are they willing to change? You know, that's another really important question with these young players that a lot of the teams will ask. And, you know, if we told you to cut five inches off your stick and we're going to play you on right wing instead of left wing or right defense instead of left defense, would you be okay with that? Can you adapt to that? What are you willing to do to make it to the next level? And I think those are really some of the types of questions that they want to get out there to see where these kids are at. Listen, I mean, when Connor McDavid came through this process in um, 2015, um, we, we knew he was going to be picked first overall, and he still came through here and worked really hard to try and have good scores in this. But I don't think it changed anything, him coming in here. It's like, yeah, we, we kind of expected him to be quick on his feet, expected him to be fast, and he was. And you know what? He was still picked first overall. But I do agree with you also, though, that some kids that are, you know, the teams have maybe a little question mark about, he comes in here, he's in excellent shape, and he shows a drive to have a really solid test. That's competitive spirit as well. And that's a hungry kid that wants to show well that can certainly bolster them to maybe pick him higher than maybe they would have picked him before. Chatting with uh, Sportsnet's Louis DeBrusque right now, one of the color commentators on the Sportsnet fleet. Uh, Louis, it's... It's been in the Stanley Cup Finals. It's been a heavy series. I mean, there's no denying that. Watching how St. Louis has won the games, watching how both of those teams have gotten there. I'm curious, especially from the era that you've come from, is this maybe setting somewhat of a precedent for how rosters are going to be constructed going forward, just seeing how heavy hockey can advance you through the playoffs? Well, you know what? It's Yeah, I think, you know, you, you listen to the coaches talk about it you know the regular season is one thing but the playoffs are an entirely different animal and you can be a great regular season team but when you get into the playoffs and and the intensity goes up each and every game and the physicality goes up and the penalties that aren't called in the playoffs that maybe are called in the regular season i mean everything changes just a little bit and sometimes a lot of ways uh, in the playoffs but uh, the one thing about both of these teams, though, and I, and I always, I don't want to always just say they're just a big, heavy team that plays a hard game. There's, there's tons of skill in both of these teams, some really, really good skill. But the one common thing between the two teams is they play the same way. They play strong defensive structure. They grind you down. They're all willing to pay the price to block shots and get in shooting lanes and make it really difficult for you to get good scoring opportunities. But then when they get their opportunities, they're highly skilled. They can make plays, and they can score some really nice goals. And both of them are getting great goaltending right now. So 
Um, I don't want to just kind of put it in one category saying, yeah, you need to be big and you need to be aggressive and you need to be, you know, resilient, which is huge as well. But both of these teams have depth. They have a combination of speed, skill, and size. And I think that's a big reason why both of them were able to outlast other teams and get to the Stanley Cup final. This year, more so than any year that I, I can remember, um, there was a volatile playoffs where some, some high seeds went out right away, the top two seeds from each the top seeds from each conference went out in the first round, which you just never see that. And then the second season was like, wow, this is this is happening really fast where it's a war of attrition and the two teams that survived it are now in the final. So I'm glad you bring that up because we've seen some very big hits thrown in this series. Of course, uh, Tori Krug's hit... Uh, you know what, I, I think they got that right with the no call, and then Sunqvist last night uh, ends up with the boarding call, and now he has a hearing. Given all yeah. the scrutiny and all the pressure that's been on the officials uh, throughout the course of this playoffs, do you think that they've gotten those two right? Um, yeah, I think they got it right that, that one shouldn't have been a call and one should have been. Uh, I think there should have been a call before Krug you know, hit Thomas. Mm-hmm. I think that Perron was allowed to... Uh, you know, manhandled him a little bit too much on the ice. And when Krug got up, he was angry because of that went down and had a big hit on Robert Thomas. And, you know, he didn't play the next game. I don't know if it was a direct result of that hit. I do know that he was maybe suffering some, some injuries previously. He had missed a practice a few days before. So I know he was probably uh, into some injuries that almost every player is going through right now. Um, you know what? I'm not going to protect the referees here. I'm sorry. I just think that, you know, this has been a tough season and a tough postseason for them and they've been scrutinized no question about it but i believe they deserve some of that that because of the way they've officiated games Uh, half the time you don't know what's going to be called and what's not going to be called and i think that's a frustrating part for players when you're playing that and for people watching the game myself included that obviously has a dog in this in this battle i i i I don't you know I, i look at this and i say you know, it, it's a tough game. I, I understand it's the, the it's fast, it's aggressive. Um, a scoring chance is different than a trip in the neutral zone or a trip behind the net. But a trip's a trip, in my opinion. When I watch the game, I just want to see penalties that are penalties called and penalties that are subjective a little bit. You know, as far as a rough or a board or a, you know those types of things. Uh, after whistles, you can let a little bit of that go. I love that. I think that's part of the gamesmanship. But penalties that are penalties should just be penalties, period. And I don't think players would really have a hard time with that. They'd understand it. When you stick a leg out or you put a stick in someone's skate, you take them down when they have the puck on their stick. Sorry, but that's that's a penalty, and it should be called. Um, as far as the extra stuff, the hit from Sunquist, I mean, the league obviously is going to look at that, which I think they should. Um, I don't think it was necessary to hit as high as he did. I thought he just, I thought he could have avoided the, the height of the hit on Greslick, who was in a vulnerable position right from the start. The way I look at that hit, I say, he never really ever saw anything but numbers. Everyone says he turned to the last second. Well, he's going to have to turn one way or the other because yeah. he's heading straight back to the boards. And the guy is right behind him. So, sorry, that's your decision to follow through and make that hit. That's not Greslick's fault. He's trying to make a play on a puck. But I don't think he had to follow through as high as he did. That's the, only, that's the thing I really had a problem with on the hit was how high it is on his head. Um, he could have minimized that. That's you know. Listen, I understand he wants to go in there, and that's the style they want to play as a big hit. But sometimes you have to have the responsibility 
of saying, listen, this guy's in a real bad position right now and probably not the time to really go for a big hit. If he's skating sideways to you or skating towards you, then you know what? Go for it full tilt. Uh, and that, that's what I think player safety wants to see from the players is a little bit more of looking at that quickly and saying, listen, this is not the time to throw a huge hit when someone's in a vulnerable spot. But we'll see. I don't know what's going to happen from it. I, I, I thought it was a penalty. They called it a penalty. And, you know, it's unfortunate for Greslick, who was playing well. But there's been big hits on both sides. And like I said, there's been casualties on both sides. Thomas didn't play the next game after they hit by Krug. And I don't believe Greslick's going to be playing, maybe not for the rest of this series. The irony in all that to me, Louie, is the fact that Sundquist was the uh, was on the wrong end of the hit from Tom Wilson that ended up getting Wilson suspended for the better part of the start of this season. So, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know if you put anything into that. That was a nasty that hit. Was funny. Too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it's listen. It's a physical game. And things happen fast. They were. It was a pushback by St. Louis, and I'm not trying to justify it all, at all. I'm just saying that those are the types of hits for me. That I just don't like seeing. I mean, there's. I mean, it was most of that hit was in the head area, and from the, from my perception when I watch it. So everyone, I hate it when I hear saying, "Well, you know what? I don't like when people turn with the puck." Well, you know what? If the puck's on somebody's stick, they have the right to try and make a play, which is what everybody wants them to do. They want them to make plays with the puck, uh, whether or not he turned or whether or not he was going back straight. To me, the intent to hit was already there, and he made that decision when the player was already in a semi-vulnerable position. There was, he had no, there was no intention to slow up on that hit at all, in my opinion. And that's just, you know, a team that wants to play physical, and sometimes you go over the line. Obviously, they think you went over the line because they're going to have a little challenge. So we'll see what happens. Great stuff, as always, Louie. It's a pleasure talking to you. Enjoy the Combine in Buffalo. All right, take care. Thanks, Louis. That is Louis DeBrasque from Sportsnet. Uh, yeah, some interesting opinions, and it's it's great to hear Louis trying to keep. He's trying to keep the bias out of it, but Jake's his kid. You know, what can you? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I do. 12.50 in Edmonton. We'll step aside back with NHL Today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. This is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30. Chad. Brendan Escott in today. Go right now to NHL Today. 
for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, get the hottest branded items for summer, like blankets, camping chairs, coolers, outdoor games, and more at Elite Promotional Marketing. Stanley Cup Final resumes from St. Louis on Saturday night. They get today and tomorrow to travel. You can catch that action right here on 6.30, Chad. A 6 o'clock puck drop as the Blues look to use home ice advantage to move ahead in this series, which is now tied at one game apiece. Blues forward Oscar Sundqvist has a hearing for his hit on Bruins D-man Matt Greslick. He was called for a boarding minor on the play. Greslick in concussion protocol will not travel with the team. That hearing for Sundqvist goes uh, right at the conclusion of today's show. So about 2 o'clock Ched time. Bob Bugner has joined the San Jose Sharks once again as an assistant coach to Peter DeBoer. He coached Florida for the last two seasons, did Bugner, missing the playoffs both years before being let go at the end of this season. He did man the Sharks' defense in 2016 when they went to the Cup Final against Pittsburgh, and uh, he also did it for Brent Burns' Norris Trophy campaign the following year. The Minnesota Wild acquiring the rights to unsigned OHL D-man Fedor Gordiev from the Maple Leafs. If Minnesota does sign him to a contract, the Leafs will then get a seventh-round draft pick in that deal. This guy's a monster. He's six foot six, two hundred twenty-five pounds, who had thirty-two points in sixty-three games that he split between Flint and then the Guelph Storm this year. So he obviously went to the Memorial Cup, had a goal in four games. Game one of the AHL's Calder Cup final between the Charlotte Czech. The Carolina Hurricanes farm team and the Chicago Wolves, which is the Vegas Golden Knights farm team that goes on Saturday as well. A couple texts here on the Heartland Ford text line. Hey, Brendan, what players should the Oilers target for the bottom six forwards? And honestly, what do they do with Lucic going forward? I think Lucic is here through the end of next season, absolutely. Uh, unless, listen, I, I personally am not of the belief that swapping him for another bad contract is going to be tremendously beneficial for this team. You, you see what happens if the Oilers get to the playoffs. I know it's a, a pretty big if at this point for a lot of the fans, but if they get there, Lucic is more valuable than a Louis Erickson, for example. So uh, there's the answer to that, in my opinion. They keep Lucic until there's some serious cap relief involved in, in making a decision there. As far as players the Oilers should target, Brett Ritchie is a guy that's put up 15 goals. You hear Bob talk about him quite frequently. There's an option in your bottom six. I love the thought of Eric Halla on this team. He brings some speed. He was hurt for most of last year, so the numbers aren't going to reflect a whole lot. Uh, and, and Jonas Donskoy is another name that I want you to pay attention to. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's one of the younger ones available. Uh, he's a pretty good two-way player, can contribute offensively, and he's been a part of a winning program in San Jose. There's a late-round pick that panned out for them, which is something that the Oilers desperately need to do more of moving forward. So there you have it. There's a few names to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, bottom line here is they're going to have to move some money. They're going to have to move some money off the back end if there's going to be anything specifically done to fix that bottom six. We'll get to more of your texts. We'll get to some thoughts from Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack as he's live in Buffalo at the Draft Combine. Right now, we're off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.